So you go to Ottawa and, and you hold the sign on a street corner in four degree weather. And you're supporting the truckers who want to be able to feed their families. And, and you don't break anything. You don't hurt anybody. You, you, you don't even get arrested. So what does the so-called police chief of Ottawa have to say to you? If you are involved in this protest, we will actively look to identify you and follow up with financial sanctions and criminal charges. Financial sanctions and criminal charges for a peaceful protest against, well, your betters. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now... From the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. And times such as these require us to be willing to re-examine the battlefield because the Lord is allowing the battlefield to change. And I read this weekend the most important um, temporal, that is secular article, that I've read about the situation that we face because it alerted me to something about the battlefield. And the battlefield is between us. And what do I say is us? Well, primarily for this audience in this program, we are the exiled elect. That is the um, the set aside as Jesus needers. And depending on where you're at and in your in your faith walk, if it's just beginning, maybe you recognize Lord Jesus and, and you worship him. And maybe you haven't arrived at a point yet where you truly need him. And you might be at a point where you're a disciple maker. You're being discipled and you're a disciple maker. So no matter where I, you're at your faith walk, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior, then you are a member of the, uh, of the elect. And I, I refer to us as the exiled elect. And that in one way or another, we're exiling ourselves. So when I say us, I mean us. For folks who listen strictly for the politics, um, then I would say constitutional conservatives, people who recognize the following equilibrium. The bigger the government, the smaller the person. Or if you like, a government powerful enough to give you everything you need is a government powerful enough to take everything you have. That we stand on the side of small government and also on the side of rule by law, not rule by men. So we stand on that. We stand on documents on which we all agree that control society, not the moods of men. When I talk about us versus them, who is the them? That's the most important thing in this paper called Reality Honks Back by NS Lyons. And there's a link to it in the Substack show sheet so that you can read it for yourself. And it is something I think you should read in its entirety. The war we're fighting, and it is a war. And at this point, it's sort of a cold war, except that they have now turned munitions on us, munitions in the form of information. The seizure of the Bitcoins and the digital currency by the dictator of Canada, and, and, and Trudeau is a dictator. Um, the seizure of people's digital assets is a shot on a war, and it's on the battlefield of our ultimate enemy. And our ultimate enemy is the information class on a temporal basis. Now, they don't understand who they serve. They think they serve themselves. Now, maybe some of them think they serve the enemy. 
the ultimate enemy. Maybe they do. Well, in fact, I'm sure some of them do. If there's Christians and, the, and there are, if there's atheists and there are, and if there are uh, polytheists and Muslims and Jews in government, well, there's Satanists in government. There just are. I mean, Satanists exist and probably are in government, probably don't go around bragging about it. On a purely secular basis, our enemies outed themselves with the March 2020 arrival of the Great Reset. This 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 episode is called um, COVID and Pan Am Forever. See, you can't build Pan Am without COVID. COVID was an excuse. Now it exists. It's a virus. It can make you sick. You know the drill. I mean, that's just those are the, those those are factors that are known. But the response to COVID can never stop because the goal of the response to COVID is a dictatorial technocrat class, but that doesn't begin to describe it. This article does, and I want to get straight into that. First of all, I want to set the scene this way. Um, When the movie Hunger Games first came out, I said, that's it. This is so precise. This This is so descriptive of the country, but now it's descriptive of the globe. When you listen here to the voice of Donald Sutherland as President Snow, it's impossible to not picture the world as the World Economic Forum wants it and as they're executing it. Listen to this as President Snow describes Pan Am in this propaganda piece. And if you've, if you've watched the movie, you know that he has PETA standing next to him in this beautiful white setting with words like unity and sacrifice. And, and here it is. This is Donald Sutherland as President Snow in The Hunger Games. And as you listen, tell me this doesn't match today's society on a global basis. Since the dark days, our great nation has known only peace. Ours is an elegant system, conceived to nourish and protect. Your districts are the body. The capital is the beating heart. Your hard work feeds us, and in return, we feed and protect you. But if you resist the system, you starve yourself. If you fight against it, it is you who will bleed. I know you will stand with me, with us, with all of us, together, as one. Pan Am today, Pan Am tomorrow, Pan Am forever. In the capital, uh, in the movie The Hunger Games, no one worked. No one did physical labor unless you were an imported slave who had your, your tongue cut out. Then you did physical labor. This piece called Reality Honks Back separates the world exactly as the technocrats see it. The virtuals and the physicals. Now, they don't think of themselves as virtuals, but they have seized control of information. What was Google's you know, mission statement aside from reminding themselves, don't be evil, and they're, of course, evil. It was to organize all of Earth's information. Now, at the time, that seemed like a fantastical mission statement, and we didn't even understand or begin to understand what it actually means. 
Nicholas Negroponte in his book, Being Digital, said eventually everything would be digital. When your money is digital, it's information, and they own it. Now, I understand Bitcoin is distributed. I understand the private keys. I understand that it's not, that people think it's not hackable. And even if it is, you still have your coins. And, but when it's digital and the ruling class are the virtual class, are you sure you're giving your life's energy to the good guys? And maybe you are because there are digital companies. Digital currency companies or software companies that have fought back. I mentioned that yesterday on the show. This what this called Nunchuk. They they fought back against the technocratic elite. They fought back against Trudeau. And they said, no, we're not going to give you information on our customers. In fact, we don't have any useful information. All we have is their email addresses. We're not going to give you anything else. So there are brave people who will fight back against this system and At the very tip top, they still need internet. They still need backbone infrastructure, right? And unless Nunchuk is big enough to go build their own fiber or their own satellites, maybe there's a smarter way to do it. Maybe they've got that figured out. They're fighting against a virtual ruling class, a virtual people versus people who work, the physicals. And I want to get into this piece in depth because it's so important. But that was President Snow. Here is the so-called police chief of Ottawa, the full clip of this man. And listen to what he's willing to do if you held a sign in four-degree weather. And tell me if this doesn't remind you of what President Snow just warned. If you fight the system, you're the one who bleeds. So I was in the crowd yesterday. Um, I was unfortunately. We am uh, from independent media. So I was in the crowd yesterday. Um, I was unfortunately uh, hit with some pepper spray. I just have a question. Uh, There's some video cameras that the police are using and uh, some news outlets are reporting that you're gathering intelligence with those cameras. Can you elaborate, like, if the protesters at this point, uh, you know, uh, retreat and go home, uh, are they going to be getting sort of repercussions down the road? Are you going to be sort of actively pursuing the people that you've been sort of documenting and filming who are still out there protesting? What are your plans after this, uh, after the protest is over? Thank you. It's a great question. And the simple answer is yes. If you are involved in this protest, we will actively look to identify you and follow up with financial sanctions and criminal charges. Absolutely. This investigation will go on for months to come. It has many, many different streams, both from a federal uh, financial level, from a provincial licensing level, from a criminal code level, from a municipal breach of court order, breach of court injunction level. It will be a complicated and time consuming um, investigation that will go on for a period of time. You have my commitment that that investigation will continue and we will hold people accountable for taking our streets over. So they're going and they're announcing and they're telling people, if you dare protest us effectively, we're going to harm you. Canada's judicial system is not that different from ours. They can make the process, the punishment. Remember that this is a dictatorship that has a man in prison because he refused to pretend that his little girl is a boy. Remember, this is a dictatorship who put a pastor in prison and he's back 
and apparently being tortured um, for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you think this doesn't spread, note Australia, note Austria, where they said they were going to use the National Guard to keep people inside. These people work for someone. And it's not the people in Canada or the people of Canada. The thugs who get to wear badges, and that's separate from cops. If you're a cop, I'm not calling you a thug. 99% of you are not. But you need to examine your hearts. You're going to go cause people financial pain because they held the sign. Or they parked trucks. Meanwhile, the boss of Canada is telling people, your bodies belong to us. Your DNA belongs to us. We will inject whatever we want to in your body. We will stick into you whatever we want to stick into you. If you don't let us stick it into you, you lose your ability to feed your family and we don't care. How can we not see in this the resemblance to the Hunger Games or more to the point to the one world control of despots about which we've been warned. I'm not saying about some radio show warning about a one world government. I'm talking about the Bible warning about this. This is global. And we'll prove that in a little bit here. We'll give you two instances of where elected representatives tried to talk about Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum. You know that Klaus Schwab, because we played it on the show, you know that Klaus Schwab bragged about infiltrating the world's governments. You know that he specifically bragged about owning little boy Trudeau, the the dictator of of Cuba. I mean, of Cuba, of, of Canada. I know there's people who think he's the son of Fidel Castro. I don't see it, but okay. And what's, you know, in fact, you know what? The, 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 the dictators of Canada criticize Cuba for cracking down on peaceful protests. And here they are with this. So enter into this, this brilliant piece by N.S. Lyons. And this is deep and it's important. It's called Reality Honks Back. And just sit tight for this because it is vital. He's talking about an essay that he wrote earlier, an essay on the reflections of the reality war. Now think about that phrase, the reality war. What have we talked about on the program? We've talked about their seizing truth. Seven or eight years ago, when I started to push back against transgender ideology, people said to me, why are you doing this? I said, because it's an assault on truth. Because forcing people to pretend men are women and and, and women are men and boys are girls and girls are boys is an assault on truth. It's an attempt to break your mind. It's an attempt to exude such power that you actually get to crush people's mind into ignoring blatant reality. If someone can force you to say this in a business, as an employee, as a citizen, then they can force you to say anything is anything. It's the destruction of truth. So quoting now this piece, um, uh, he talks about the rowdy board. In that essay... I noted how, from the perspective of those with the most wealth and power, as well as the technocratic managers and intelligentsia, our priestly class, keepers of the Gnosis, that is knowledge, digital technology and global networks seem to have created a, quote, unprecedented opportunity for theory to wrest control from the recalcitrant nature 
for liquid narrative to triumph over mundanely static reality and for all the corrupt traditional bonds of the world to be severed its atoms reconfigured in a more correct and desirable manner what a sentence to for theory to wrest control from recalcitrant nature what did we just say about transgender ideology that grand con there are men and women boys and girls not not to the technocratic class or not to the virtuals. And we talked yesterday about the humanists and the deconstructionists. It's a seizing of reality, but they're replacing theory with replacing truth with theory because nature just nature's nature. It doesn't change. He goes on for liquid narrative to triumph over mundanely static reality. We have immune systems. They don't want them to exist. So they pretend they don't. The protests in Ottawa were peaceful, but they want to pretend that they're terrorists. There was no insurrection on January 6th, and the government, the FBI, helped along the riot that occurred. Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi helped it along, and there never was a coup, there never was an insurrection, and it certainly wasn't an armed one. So where theory now collides with narrative, they, of course, have to choose narrative. Back to his piece here. He says he also quoted, he wrote, I also quoted from um, the late Christopher Lash's book, The Revolt of the Elites, that is worth repeating here, quoting, quoting here Christopher Lash. The thinking classes are fatally removed from the physical side of life. Their only relation to productive labor is that of consumers. They have no experience of making anything substantial or enduring. They live in a world of abstractions and images, a simulated world that consists in computerized models of reality, hyper-reality has been called, as distinguished from the palatable, immediate physical reality inhabited by ordinary men and women. Their belief in social construction of reality, the central dogma of postmodernist thought, reflects the experience of living in an artificial environment from which everything that resists human control, unavoidably, everything familiar and reassuring as well, has been rigorously excluded. Control has become their obsession in their drive to insulate themselves against risk and contingency, against the unpredictable hazards that affect human life, the thinking classes have seceded, not just from the common world around them, but from reality itself. Look at the thinking classes and COVID. You have people who are PhDs who have rejected the injections. In fact, they're some of the highest percentage of Americans who rejected the injections are PhDs, but they're not the ones who get their term papers published. They're not the ones who get their peer-reviewed studies published. They're not the ones on the TV. The ones on the TV don't live in COVID reality. They don't have to. They're information workers, and many of them are flatly terrified of COVID because their betters, their technocratic betters have told them to be afraid of the COVID. He then turns this analysis to the protests and he invents this phrase the physicals versus the virtuals now this is an interesting theory except for the reality it's a brutal reality the secular battleground is exactly as he describes it and the enemy and people virtuals have become the enemy they are expanding their territory with many tactics, some of which we've talked about in the show, but this is all going to come together as we go through this. It's also so very biblical. Jesus talked a lot about farming and fishing and building. Now that makes sense. 
given that he was the son of his earthly father, was a carpenter. He grew up around fishing. He grew up around building. Obviously, he grew up around agriculture. It was an agrarian society. But there was an information class then. There was a technocratic class then. There was, for lack of a better phrase, the virtuals, the theorists then. And Jesus, the Lord Jesus, found himself in direct opposition to the thinking class then. And they killed him. And he rose again. And he defeated death. And with it, as we're resurrected, we die with him, we're resurrected with him. It's history repeating. It's important to understand the dynamics of the physicals versus the virtuals. Seems like an interesting time to mention my friend Dave the Digital, though. Oh, it does. No, look, it's perfect placement. Dave the Digital is a guy who works on a ranch. Now, he has Greenhaven Interactive. He's the guy who can help you with your search engine problem. If you're a business owner being found, as much as we don't like the virtuals, being found on Google is vital to your business. It just is. Please don't pay Google. Please don't go buy ads. There's a time and a place to buy Google ads. I've done it and I'll do it again. But don't do it to fix the search problem. Get with my friend, Dave, the digital. Okay, he'll put a team on it. He'll fix the problem so you do appear as high up in search as possible, given your brand and how long you've been around, etc. How much you are willing to do to change. They'll undertake the change to show you what needs to get done at Greenhaven Interactive. I mentioned the fact that Dave is, is, has a ranch because it's important. He's got his hands in the dirt. There's not a day that goes by that Dave doesn't have his hands on a shovel. Maybe that's how he's stayed grounded for all these decades in the tech business. Because he's also a physical worker. So if you've audited your search, you're not in the, thir- in the top three to five search results. You do have a problem. Simply go to greenhaveninteractive.com and let Dave the Digital Conquer for you, that for you. Dave is a Christian conservative working in a world dominated by atheist liberals. So back to this piece, Reality Honks Back. Uh, and again, there's a link to it. I encourage you to read it all, NS Lyons. He gets into the dynamic of, of quoting a colleague. And now he's going to apply this to the protests. He writes this, to simplify, let's first identify and categorize two classes of people in society who we could say tend to navigate and interact with the world in fundamentally different ways. The first is a class that has been a part of human civilization for a really long time. They are the people who work primarily in real, the real physical world. Maybe they work directly with their hands, like a carpenter or a mechanic or a farmer, or maybe they're only a step away. They own or manage a business where they organize and direct employees who work with their hands or buy and sell and move things around in the real world, like a transport logistics company, maybe. This class necessarily works in a physical location or they own or operate physical assets that are central to their trade. The second class is different. It is, relatively speaking, a new civilization innovation, civilizational innovation, at least in numbering more than a handful of people. This is a group called the thinking class. And they don't interact much with the physical world directly. They are handlers of knowledge. They work with information that might be digital, numerical, or narrative. But in all cases, it exists at a level of abstraction from the real world. Manipulation and distribution of information can influence the real world, but only through informational change that pass directives to agents that can themselves act in the physical world. A bit like a software program that sends commands to a robot arm on an assembly line. To facilitate this, they build and manage abstract institutions and systems of organizational communications as a means of control. 
Individuals in this class usually occupy middle links in the informational change in which neither the inputs or outputs of the role has any direct relationship or impact to the physical world. They're informational middlemen. This class can therefore do their job almost entirely from a laptop by email or virtual Zoom meeting and has only recently realized they don't even need to be sitting in an office cubicle when they do it. For these purposes, let's call these two classes the physicals and the virtuals respectively. And the virtuals are trying to seize the physicals. Ottawa. Trudeau turns to the virtuals to seize the life energy of people who stored it in digital currency. The thug of a former police chief. If you are involved in this protest, we will actively look to identify you and follow up with financial sanctions and criminal charges. Intends to serve the virtuals by going after the physicals for physically walking the streets to express their desire to be allowed to live their lives. The battlefield, as he describes it, is important to understand in this way as well. We have a physical body, so do the virtuals. The physical body we have, they intend to seize. They intend to stick themselves into us. They intend to modify our code. They don't like the fact that we have a code base they didn't write. They don't like the fact that there's information in our bodies that they can't control. Remember Google, to organize all of Earth's information. Well, to organize it, you got to be able to control it. They want to control our DNA information. They want to control. And if they control our DNA information, and you can be, hey, listen, you can come at me anyway from any five ways of, from Sunday to say it's a conspiracy. Fine. Let's just lay out what they want. If they can get the ability to stick code into us, to force us to accept the code or push us to our knees or... If you are involved in this protest, we will actively look to identify you and follow up with financial sanctions and criminal charges. You think this stops with the flu, guys? If they intend to inject us with mRNA, and they do, if they admit, as Klaus Schwab does, that it's gene sequencing technology, as Klaus Schwab brags about... As the CEO of Pfizer admitted, as the CEO of Bayer admitted, if they're willing to sequence our genes via force, you don't think they would sequence our brains? Are you honestly thinking that they would stop at that point? That having seized access or gained access to our physical bodies, the virtuals would not then want to gain access to our physical brains? It's an impossibility. They always want to expand what their technology owns. This is the technology value chain. There are people at big tech companies who are paid to eat industries. Find us the next vertical we're going to attack. That's what they're paid to do. That's what business analysis does. That's why you see the kiosks now, because now the numbers make sense. This is an offshoot of the Great Reset, which began in March of 2020. Kiosks are now more affordable because the central planners, the technocrats, the virtuals have raised the base price for labor. And now their devices are more important or more affordable. Pardon me. 
Back to this piece, Reality Honks, or Reality Honks Back. He writes this, after he mentions the physicals and the virtuals. But the most relevant distinction between the virtuals and the physicals is that virtuals are now everywhere and unambiguously the ruling class. In a world in which knowledge is the primary component of value-added production, or so we are told, and economic activity is increasingly defined by the digital and the abstract, they have been overwhelming winners accumulating financial, political, and cultural status and influence. So you think the former police chief, now head thug of the Ottawa Police Department, doesn't know who's boss? Back to this piece. In this part... In part, this is because the ruling class is also a global class and also has access to global capital. Yes, that's right. But the virtual ruling class is a vulnerability it has not yet solved. The cities in which their bodies occupy, uh, continue to occupy mundane physical radical require a whole lot of physical infrastructure and manpower. Electricity, sewage, the vital Sumatra to latte supply chain. Ultimately, they still remain reliant on the physical world. When the truckers rolled up their big rigs, which weigh about 35,000 pounds up to the political elite's doorsteps, engaged their parking brakes or removed their wheels entirely and refused to leave until their concerns were addressed. This was like dropping a very solid boulder of reality in the virtuals front yard, daring them to remove it without assistance. And because the virtuals do not yet actually have the Jedi powers to remove things with their minds, the truckers effectively called their bluff or who ultimately had the control over the world. It turns out that not only do physicals still exist and are for now still able to drive themselves into the heart of the cities, they actually still have power and a lot of power. And their response? If you are involved in this protest, we will actively look to identify you and follow up with financial sanctions and criminal charges. When we had the safest and most secure election in history. Back, way back. In November. Remember what was the safest and most secure election in history? What was the background of the guy who went out saying this was the safest, most secure election in history? Where did where he work before he became the election czar? Where did he work? Oh, man, it is a time. It is such a time as this. So vital that you have someone you can trust. Yeah, I get it. I get the, I get the contradiction here. Zach Abraham thinks for a living. It hasn't always been that way. Like, uh, Zach is not unfamiliar with hard work. He's got man hands. He's got man calluses. But he's different in the financial world. He understands the game so well. He knows what they're doing, and he'll speak openly about it. They're printing money. I've called it conjuring, and Zach has said, I don't think it's that far off. In fact, it is sort of conjuring. Quantitative easing is basically conjuring. He speaks with honesty about the risks of the financial world and his company, Bulwark Capital Management, is solidly focused on risk management. And they're very, very successful. And there's investments they won't make, right? If it violates God's law, they're not going to make the investment. And they also understand that in order to be successful, to manage risk, you have to be able to invest in some of the things the machine does and then get out at the right time. Now, there is a whole bunch of my audience who are looking at early retirement because of the machine, because they need to move out of the cities. They need to relocate. They need to have a piece of land where they can have eggs and fish and chickens. And they understand the physical world 
the things that we own, they want to get those things. And so they need this early retirement. Now, if you don't know if you can retire and you know it's risky, well, then go to the risk management experts at Bulwark Capital Management. They'll look at your retirement plan from your company and Zach will tell you if you can retire and retire in style. So it's as simple as a phone call. Just call Zach at Bulwark Capital Management, 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Important to remember that investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. So I was just asking, remember when we had the safest, most secure election in history, which they announced hours after the election before anyone had looked into any fraud? The guy who made that announcement used to work at Microsoft. He's a lawyer type. He's a thinking class type guy. Do you know where I think the fraud occurred? I think it occurred in the digital realm. I think it occurred in the virtual realm. I've still never seen an explanation for how we saw factorial plugs of votes 400, 800, 1200, 1600, all breaking for Biden, all happening at 4.30 in the morning when we were told counting had stopped. 4.30 in the morning, incidentally, is the maximum fatigue hour for the human mind. It's when people's brains work the least well. It's when people are most sleepy on average. That's why no-knock warrants are so often carried out at 4.30 in the morning because it's the, multi, multi, it's the maximum fatigue hour. The guy who told us that we can't talk about elections, the guy who told us that we can't, we can't question him, the guy in for the dictator of Washington state, Jay Inslee, wants to make it a crime. He wants to make it a criminal offense for an office holder to question elections. And yet the figurehead is telling us that the next election may well be rigged unless he gets his voting thing through. You see, the virtuals are everywhere, but they're coming into our territory in even more direct ways. And this is biblical. Lord Jesus talked so often about agriculture, talked so often about building. He referenced so often the things of God being improved by the people of God. And yes, yes, the Lord Jesus spoke often through allegories, to demonstrate the kingdom of heaven, but he demonstrated with the things made by God. He didn't go around talking about books. I mean, he talked about the law, but he didn't go around talking about, you know, sit down and read this and yes, know the law. But he often turned to the physical world to explain things. And more to the point, he found himself at war rhetorically with the thinking class of his era. What did they want? Control. What did they seek? To use the law to bludgeon people. They didn't think they were doing that. They thought that they were, in fact, working for God. Well, that's at least better than this. The technocrat elite, the virtuals, largely don't believe in God. They've largely jettisoned God. So they believe in their own power to control. And the biblical nature of this couldn't be more clear. They want to control the creations of God. They want to control the thing for which God sent his son to die. They want to control the beings that God has pursued. They want to change the 
workings of the beings that God has invented and pursued. That's us. The beings with whom God wants a love relationship. That's us. And they're going at it in multiple ways. It is the virtual class who has pushed the theory of critical race theory, which is to hate thy neighbor. It is the if they're white. It is the virtual class who has pushed the perverse pornographic sex ed into the schools because in the minds of the virtual class, hey, they're just kids. It's just another body. They're the ones who produced it, pushed the the destructive, insane, upside down, non-existent idea that someone was born in the wrong body because to the technocrats, we were all born in the wrong body because they didn't code it. They're crossing over into food production, the realm of agriculture, the realm that when God created the world and God created Adam and Eve and God gave them this garden that they could tend and from which they drew sustenance. And when they made the terrible mistake to listen to the world's first politician and eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, when they were cast out of the garden, farming became harder. It became toil and the earth didn't always return. And there were, there were thorns and God installed that work. And yet people worked through it. The same technocrats who want to force you to get stuck. They want to be able to stick themselves in you, their code, their writing, their ideas. And don't think it ends at disease. When they will call the January 6th riot and insurrection, when they will call a man, a woman, when they will call a mild to, you know, mid to mild to mid flu, a global pandemic, when they will call gene therapies vaccines, when they will pretend that we don't have immune systems, do not think for a second that they will not eventually come and name certain mindsets diseased. I mean, for this, for this matter, everything today is a syndrome. Everything is a syndrome. Everything has a pill for big pharma. And now you have Gates and Buffett crossing their way into farmland and they're using the same pressures that they used with COVID to con us all into eating fake meat. Now, what's the problem with fake meat? If you like it, eat it. Please eat a bunch of it. My daughter's a vegan. I love her dearly. I support her and her choice. I I literally buy the food for her and I eat some of it, but I'm not going to be forced into that behavioral mindset. Here's why. A company powerful enough to force you to have fake meat is a company powerful enough to cut off your supply of fake meat if you don't do what they say that you have to do. This is global. The piece, Reality Honks Back, is exactly right when they say it's global. And I've asked a question a few times on the program and on the podcast. If you ever wonder who's in charge, determine whom you're not allowed to criticize. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about Bill Gates giving the game away. Again, this related to COVID. Because for them to have Pan Am forever, they have to have COVID forever. Bill Gates gives this game away. I know this is big picture stuff, but this is one of the reasons that I wanted to go from radio to the podcast, because if someone just tunes into this on radio and I'm not, I'm not criticizing people are very busy. If if you pop in your car 
and you get like the middle of this discussion, it's impossible to follow. This format wouldn't work uh, like this on radio. And if we ever make this a radio show again, and it ever becomes a radio show again, then I'll have to do a lot of reframing, et cetera. I mean, it can work. But in this way, right, you've been here from the very, very beginning, hearing it this way, right? So with that in mind, if this is something that you think your friends in talk radio need to hear, the description of the physicals and the virtuals, which I didn't invent, I'm just quoting, I just think it's a brilliant way to explain it, or they need to understand the biblical underpinnings of this. That look, you're not to withhold food from people. You're, you're, you're to feed your families or you're worse than a sinner. That Jesus talks so often about improving that which you were given, that you were given the steward, the land, the seed, the plantings. And yes, he was speaking of the kingdom of heaven and the redemption of souls. And he was also making the comparison of the great farmer. If these are the things that you think your friends need to hear, particularly if they heard me on Rush Limbaugh's show, God rest them, and they don't yet know I have a podcast, then email this, this show to them. Just on the app you're on, email this to 10 of your friends. That's how we grow a hundredfold. And thank you for the growth that we've had. So Bill Gates was asked about Omicron. And what I love is this setup here. Now, this is a thinking person's event. And by the way, I don't like that aspect of the guy's article. We're all thinking people. One of the smartest men I know, one of the most visionary men I know, one of the greatest men of God I know is a landscaper. He owns a landscaping business. I challenge you to find a man with a grander, greater vision for his business. I challenge you to find a more intelligent and empathetic and caring man or a better leader than my friend who runs a landscaping company. I've just gotten to know him. I am so utterly impressed. So we're all thinkers. But this is an event for the intelligentsia. This is an event for the Pharisee and the Sadducee of our day, the technocrat class, the virtuals, and they're patting themselves on their back for being ahead of the curve about COVID. And this is Gates getting, it's Gates is being asked this question. To kick off actually and get a bit of a scene center from Mr. Gates, because this is, I know, a topic that you've spoken on again and again. You were ahead of the curve prior to the beginning of this pandemic, where would you assess where we are today in beating COVID-19? Well, the, uh, you know, sadly, the virus itself, particularly the, the variant called Omicron, uh, is a type of vaccine. That is, it creates both B cell and T cell immunity. And it's done a better job of getting out to the world population uh, than we have with vaccines. If you do uh, sero surveys in African countries, you get well over 80% of people uh, have been exposed either to the vaccine or uh, to various variants. And so, you know, what that does is it means the chance of severe disease, which is mainly associated with being elderly and uh, having obesity or diabetes, those risks are now dramatically reduced because of that uh, infection exposure. And, you know, it's sad. We didn't do a great job on therapeutics. You know, only here, two years in, do we have a, a good therapeutic. Uh, vaccines, it took us two years to be in oversupply. Today, there are more vaccines than there is demand for vaccines. Yeah, far more, because people know that they're medically useless, harmful, and often deadly, Bill. And there's so many lies packed into that, it's difficult to unpack. There are therapeutic approaches. There are early treatment approaches. There always have been. And she asks him, you were ahead of the curve on this. No, he wasn't. He was the head liar. 
And it's easy to be ahead of the curve when you and your virtual class got together and ran a war game scenario for this. Event 201 and everybody who's ever watched Event 201 knows it was a war game scenario for this. The virtuals saying, how do we use our control of information to fight against the physicals, to seize their bodies, to seize access to their bodies so we can stick ourselves in them? It is epic in size. It just gets bigger as you examine it from this perspective of physicals and virtuals. And the information control has failed. And the Lord has lifted the curtain. I love this. The CDC has been hiding. And by the way, this is the New York Times admitting this. The New York Times is admitting this. The CDC has been hiding information on the the failure of the injections. Remember how they want to control the information? Well, they're doing that, but they will not allow you to see it. Why? Because just they say the same thing that the people in Scotland said. In Scotland, which used to have really good transparent data on the COVID flu, they've stopped letting people see it. Because they pretend it's being misused as misinformation. No, it's being taken in screenshots. It's being distributed to the virtu- to the physicals, us. We have brains too. They're just as good as the virtuals. We simply don't want to work in their virtual world. I'll get to a second how they're sucking your kids into their virtual world. It's, it's another, another of the battlefronts between the physicals and the virtuals. So the CDC is disappearing data on the failures of the injections on the so-called boosters and hospitalizations. They don't want you to see it. See, remember, let's go back to this piece, this brilliant piece. He said, where liquid narrative replaces boring, mundane, unchanging, static fact. Making immune systems sick will kill people. Sticking a poison, a cytotoxin into someone's body is going to kill some of them. That's a static fact. This piece is so vital and so important. I've asked many times, I've told people some of my axioms in politics. If you ever wonder who's in charge, determine whom you're not allowed to criticize. First in English This is in Canada, where a brave office holder asks about Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum. Speaker, can I see commentary, questions and comments, uh, the Honorable Member for Oshawa. Thank you, Mr. Speaker, and I listened to my colleague's speech. I had a constituent that wanted me to ask a question about outside interference to our democracy. Klaus Schwab is the head of the World Economic Forum, and he bragged how his subversive WWEF World Economic Forum has, quoted, infiltrated governments around the world. He said that his organization had penetrated more than half of Canada's cabinet. And I was wondering, in the interest of transparency, could the member please name which cabinet ministers are on board with the WEF's agenda? 
My concern is the deputy. Uh, order, order, order. I, I know he was. I know the uh, the member was in a, a really good good question there, but the, the the audio was really really bad, and the video was really really bad as well. Um, and I and I and I apologize. I don't know if if the member. Okay. Uh, let's let's uh, let's try again. The honourable the, the honourable member for Tim James Bay. Mr. Speaker, that member is promoting open disinformation. That's not debate. We have to call it disinformation. Uh, we're going to debate again. Uh, the honorable member. So that guy pipes up. He's promoting open disinformation. The disinformation being that Klaus Schwab has infiltrated the cabinets of the world government. That is disinformation. And he wants it stricken. Now, this is just one country, Canada. But you see the virtuals and then this piece, reality honks back. He mentions this is global. He mentions their control of information. He mentions the narrative, the liquid narrative. You've noticed that all of a sudden everything is disinformation, even when you can prove they say it, such as here's Klaus Schwab saying he has infiltrated. And I have to say, um, when I mention our names, like this Merkel, um, even uh, Vladimir Putin and so on, they all have been young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. Mm-hmm. But um, what we are very proud of now, the young generation like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, um, President of President. Prime Minister Trudeau. In the words of Klaus Schwab himself, they infiltrated Trudeau. But it's a conspiracy theory. Well, that's just one country. Does it happen in others? Well, in point of fact, it does happen in others. Point of fact, it does. We have this week two new advertisers joining us. One is a company we're going to help grow. One is a very, very established company. They've done brilliant things to help people with their health. They can help you with your health in all likelihood. The other company, I just, I can't, I can't give away the details yet, but they're two different cases. One of them is a startup. And I think we can help these guys grow enormously. I think you're going to love this company. The other, as I say, they're very established. They're testing this platform. They're going to test this program to see, right? And look, I'm not asking anyone to purchase anything from any company unless you want what they sell or you sample it. You think it's great. Allen Soaps, Allen's Artisan Soap, same thing. Zach Bulwark Capital Management, same, same thing. Dave the Digital and these two new advertisers. I would say in the case of the really established company, it's very important. So this is going to come up. I'll make the announcement. We'll explain who they are, how important this is to keep this program going. Because right now, it's a lot of -of out-of-pocket stuff of the Lord's money, and we're called to be good stewards of the Lord's money. So that's coming up. I'm just excited about that. So that was Canada. This is a Dutch PM. Okay, this is a question for the prime minister, the Dutch prime minister. Now, this is in, it's, it's, it's in their language, which I should know and I can't name right now. (laughs) Ha! That's terrible. But I will translate because I've watched the video so very often. This is a young legislator. He stands to ask the prime minister a question. Is to hear Klaus Schwab. 
voorzitter van het World Economic Forum. En hij heeft ook een boek geschreven met, met, als pakken, met de titel COVID-19, The Great Reset. En mijn vraag aan de demissionair minister-president is hoe beoordeelt hij de inhoud van dit boek? Hij wil weten wat de prime minister denkt van het boek. Maar ik zou de heer Van Meijeren willen adviseren om niet He's going al te to... veel in al die conspiratietheorieën. Ik, ik kijk ze ook allemaal op YouTube. Ik vind het fascinerend hoe dan uitgelegd wordt dat 9-11 niet heeft plaatsgevonden. Dat het allemaal anders zit. Ontzettend knap. Didn't happen. Gezet, maar het is meestal wat het is, een conspiratietheorie. Conspiratietheorie. Van Meijeren. Nou, goes back to the dat de eerste vraag die ik aan de heer Van Meijeren sinds ik beëdigd ben als Kamerlid. I'm surprised. The, the first answer to my question is a lie from the Prime Minister. I have here a letter from the Prime Minister to Klaus Schwab thanking him for sending the book. The Prime Minister wrote a letter to Klaus Schwab thanking him. Do you want to change your answer? You wrote a letter to Klaus Schwab thanking him for the book. Do you want to change your answer? Het is nog geen half jaar geleden, dus ik weet niet hoe lang uw herinneringen actief blijven, maar waarschijnlijk is dit nog wel ergens op te graven. En mijn eerste vraag opnieuw te beantwoorden en nu... En de prime minister is furious, steaming. Nou, het antwoord is dat dat een, een, een nette brief is. Oh, uh, let me die, answer. Uh, helaas niet alle boeken die je toe. This is really just a polite letter. This is just... I don't know what... I just wrote the polite letter back. Across the globe, the people in the information class have appointed themselves the ministers of information. They have appointed themselves the ministers of truth and of disinformation. And at the same time, they want to stick their information in your bodies and they want to suck your kids into their metaverse. They want to build a heaven on earth. They want your children to live in a world but they never have to leave their home. They want your children to live in a world where they are quite literally taught to believe they're their own gods. You want the ability to fly? You have it. You want to look like a supermodel? You do. You want an apartment on the 115th floor of the most beautiful building in Saudi Arabia? You've got it. You want a harem of women or boys or in-betweens? You got it. You want to be treated as a rock star wherever you go? You got it. Just live in the metaverse. Just work in our metaverse. Doing what? Ha! Huh. You think there's not going to be work in their metaverse? You will work on their metaverse. You will also be plugged in. Your bodies will be plugged in. They want the information in us. They want the information in us so they can manipulate the information in us. And if you think that stops with destroying immune systems, manipulating immune systems, remember this. They already have plans to integrate with brains. They already want that. They already admit that. This piece, Reality Honks Back, is important in that it defines the battlefield. But the battlefield is already decided in terms of victory because it is the Lord who returns to the world he built. 
They may think they're gods because it's ones and zeros, but God made their brains. He owns everything. What we need to do on our side, in my opinion, and this is why I'm so insistent on land and greenhouses, and thank God my wife knows how to build a greenhouse and gardens and communities with your own well water and neighbors who have guns and food so we can feed the needy. The least of these. When guys like this. If you are involved in this protest, we will actively look to identify you and follow up. Multiply. Because they're already there. Let us turn to the things God created. Because they're the hardest things to take away. Let us turn away from the information class. Let us turn from their devices. Now I get it. You're listening on podcast. It's tough to do, isn't it? Maybe what we truly need, if we can't turn from their devices, maybe we need to infiltrate them with the physicals. Sadly, I think that's going to happen. Sadly, I think Ottawa was the first physical clash between the physicals and the virtuals. But I think we know who wins that one as well. We do know who wins victory overall. Heavy show. I encourage you to read this article and to begin to think about the ways in which the virtuals are attempting to seize complete and utter control of us. And then remember, they have no control over us, but that which our Father in Heaven grants. They can't steal your conscience. You can only give it to them. They can't steal your soul. You can only offer it to them. This is the Todd Herman Show. Now go be well, be strong, be kind, and yes, be right with God.